Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, please like and subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff that all the podcasters and YouTubers tell you to do that maybe you get annoyed with, but guess what? That's what we have to do. And once you start podcasting, you realize that's what you have to do. So please like and subscribe, leave a comment down below uh, to be part of the conversation. Uh, to tell us, to tell me what else you want to see, what to improve on, all that good stuff. If you're listening to audio form, please leave a review, subscribe to it if you can. Uh, give it a five star review, all that stuff. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts: Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Everywhere you listen to a podcast, it can be found there. Um, this podcast is also with the Belly Up uh, Sports Network. So if you go to BellyUpSports.com. Check out all the other podcasts there. You can find mine and tons and tons and tons that I don't have time to go over, but there's tons. There's every sport you can think of is on there. All the fantasy sports podcasts. There's a ton of blogs on there, a ton of stuff going on, a ton of affiliates to go on there with. So check all that stuff out too. Um, and one thing I'm going to tell you with this podcast, we talk a lot of sports. Betting is in full swing. You've got college football, NFL Baseball still going on. We're getting closer to the playoffs for baseball. Uh, you know, college bat, uh, football is coming into week five. NFL is going to week four and, and week five and all that good stuff. So if you go to mybookie.ag and you use the code BellyUpFantasy, it's going to double your first deposit. So if you're going in, you're not a big better, you go, ah, maybe I want to put like 20 or 20 bucks in, 50 bucks in. Well, if you do that and use the code, now you're going to have 40 bucks or 100 bucks. Now you make more bets. You can bet on multiple games. You'll have way more money to bet on multiple games. You're going to have more money to do same-game parlays where you combine, like, hey, yeah, you feel confident about these two teams winning. Pick those two teams. It's going to combine the the points. So if you pick a team that's minus 180 and another team that's minus 180 and you combine them, now you got the you got better odds. You put in 10 bucks. Now it's going to double the money. It's just, it's just great. So go to mybookie.ag and use Belly Up Fantasy as the code, and it'll double your first deposit. And check out all the other affiliates in the description below. Today's going to be a hodgepodge. We're going to go through college football. So we're going to go through this. We're going to start off with just a quick, this could be the quickest Big Ten Week 4 recap in podcast history. In Week 4 in the Big Ten Conference, we had a lot of big games. 
a lot of big games. And some teams surprised us, or we knew who they thought they were. And then the others, we we were like, okay, they're struggling a little bit. Um, we are not going to talk about Illinois. Go check out the other Illinois stuff um, on the podcast, so we'll not discuss that. But we're going to go over week four, Big Ten. Uh, Iowa did beat Colorado State 24-14. to Now, that game was closer than I thought it was going to be. But... Iowa is that team that's not going to come in and rip off 50 points against another team the way their offense is built. Their offense is, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, make decent passes, uh, short passes. We're going to run fullback dives. We're going to run power. We're going to run counter trade or, you know, GT counter and all that stuff. They just want to pound the ball and take off a much time off the clock. Their defense is going to come out and hit you pretty hard. And that's all they do. And I think no offense against Colorado State I just think Iowa said we're not going to show too much if we don't need to. They have it in their arsenal to do so, but they're not going to come out and say we're going to rip off 50 points kind of like Ohio State does to people. That's what they do. I think Iowa is just like we're going to take our time. We're going to run the clock. We're going to do what we do. We're going to get ready for down the road. I still am – all for Iowa, you know, I'm still on board. Iowa is going to win the Big Ten. So this game, even though it was closer than meets the eye, we are not too concerned. Penn State played Villanova, and they won 38-17. Villanova is just not a good football team right now. or They're not made to go up against huge Power 5 schools. Um, Penn State, um, something's weird about Penn State. Like, you know, they did beat Auburn, which I love when a Big Ten team does that. They are sneaky good, I think. When you watch them, they're not doing anything too fancy. They kind of look like an Iowa, just more out of gun. They will go a little bit under center, but they're more out of gun. I, they're, I mean, they're number six in the nation at the time. So, I mean, they're, they're sneaky good. Um, it may come down to Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State in the Big Ten. I think Iowa's going to just, you know, win outright the Big Ten. But Penn State, if they get some confidence and they keep rolling, they're going to do good. Because, you know, Sam Clifford had 401 yards passing. So, I mean, they could pass the ball. Um, Washington had 148 yards. Not a huge rush leader. But, I mean, Penn State seems pretty good this year. They did. They handled business, went 38-14. Ohio State played Akron, 159-7. to whoop de doo Akron is a struggling program right now. New coaches. Ohio State's Ohio State. 158 to 7. This is what I'm talking about. They rip off 59 points. Um, the We're going to save like one of the biggest games for last. Rutgers went to Michigan and it was a really close game. Rutgers is really um, surprising. Uh, he has them playing very well. Very well. And not something I saw last year watching Rutgers. It. It just didn't seem like they were good, and all of a sudden you get this actually an offseason, not a COVID offseason. You have a true offseason, and all of a sudden they get it turned around pretty quickly. That was the first game they had lost, and it was to Michigan, and it was 20-13, to 13, so it was a pretty close game. Um, so I would look out for Rutgers here in a couple of years. Now, the only problem with Rutgers is recruiting, of where they're located. Um, you have other schools over there coming in and taking those players away from Rutgers in that New Jersey area. 
Um, but you have to give kudos to Michigan because right now Michigan hasn't lost a game. So right now Michigan, like I said before, they're going under the radar. Um, but Greg Shanayo, um, I'm going to say that wrong. Shanayo, we all know who he is. He's got Rutgers playing well. So I I see maybe Rutgers could possibly get to a bowl game, which would be huge for that program. Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, sneaky good. They're not in the media. I'm not seeing a lot of um, media press conferences with Jim Harbaugh and everything else. I think maybe he sees the writing on the wall that if they don't win, he's going to lose his job because of the renegotiation contracts he had to do. So Michigan is um, flying under the radar. Um, maybe this might be the day they get Ohio State. I don't know, but if Ohio State – the thing with Ohio State, when they don't play a lot of good teams in the beginning and they're rolling with 59 points, they get confidence in the offense. And so when they start getting later in the year, playing the Penn States or the Michigans, they have this confidence of, well, we know how to put 59 points on the board. The offense gets rolling. That's how Ohio State rolls. And So good good for Michigan, flying under the radar. Nebraska went to Michigan State. Um, Nebraska was winning in this game. It took overtime for Michigan to Michigan State to win twenty three to twenty. So here's what Nebraska always does. Like this is why I think Scott Frost might lose his job because Nebraska will lose to somebody they're not supposed to or play pretty bad. Like they'll lose to Ohio State and stuff, but you lose to my Illinois Fighting Illini and Brent Bielema, which I loved. Illinois outplayed them. Then they go on and they start playing pretty well. Michigan State is a huge. Them and Rutgers are the biggest surprise to me in the Big Ten, because watching Michigan State last year, they were just terrible. They were god-awful. And now they're, you know, they're 20 in the nation. They're, they're ranked pretty high. They're, they're, they're beating teams they're not supposed to this year. And Nebraska comes in, and it was winning at one point. So, and Nebraska, I don't really know. They're, they're so close to the cusp of being good, being competitive. Um, they held on for as long as they could, and then Michigan State just outcoached them, just outplayed them, and they went 23-20 to 20 in overtime. Now, Bowling Green travels to Minnesota to row the boat. They went there to row to the boat, and Minnesota was expecting to row the boat and say it's just Bowling Green. Bowling Green's not a good program since Dino Babers left. We're going to roll them. Well, sorry to tell you, Bowling Green came in and bulled you off the field beating 14 to 10. I said this coming into the year that I don't think Minnesota is going to be pretty any good. They're going to be eh, but that's a tough place to recruit. You have a great season 2 seasons ago. I believe they were 11 and 2. They were competing to almost win the Big 10. Comes out of nowhere. Then you have the spring season or the, or the COVID year, excuse me, you have the COVID year and you don't perform well. You get blown out by Michigan, you lose to Illinois. Like, you don't, you beat some teams along the way, and Minnesota will beat teams along the way because P.J. Fleck is a good coach. He's a good culture guy. But I challenged Minnesota on a different podcast, and it's no offense to P.J. Fleck. It's just the recruiting. It is tough to recruit to Minnesota. And you think you get there with an 11 and 2 year, but you have this transfer portal now that's helping out other schools. It's taken away from Power Fives. I'm not saying I'm not going to dive too deep into what the what was going on in Minnesota. It is a tough place to recruit. It's a tough place to play. And if you don't come ready to play and you overlook any sort of team, they're going to get you. Now, I'm not saying the transfer portal helped Bowling Green, but Bowling Green came in and said, man, we're going to play you guys well. And Minnesota making a bunch of mistakes leads you to lose. So 
again, I challenged Minnesota and P.J. Fleck at the beginning of the year on a different podcast, and I said, I just don't see them being that great because of how they lost, how they performed in the COVID year. You didn't hear these big-time recruits coming in. Tough place to recruit. P.J. Fleck could be on his way out, not getting fired, but I think he kind of realizes, like, man, my talents, at a, maybe Minnesota's not the place for him. He, he's a great coach. Love to have him on here and have a conversation. I think that after this game, you're going to see them compete a lot more because he's going to get them ready to play. But I think his talents need to go to a bigger school. Some say the NFL. I think college. I think he needs to go be at a different power five. Ohio University, my friend, Coach Alan Rudolph, traveled to Northwestern to battle the Wildcats, and they did not do well, my friend, Coach Alan Rudolph, but kind of what happens when you're in a Mac school going against a Big Ten, but they competed, they did some good things, but Northwestern comes out to 135-6. to Ohio has a new head coach, they're doing new thing, a little tweaking on offense, they will figure it out, I have no doubt. Um over there with Coach Rudolph and all them, all those boys getting it done at Ohio. But Northwestern comes in, plays pretty well to win 35 to 6. They take care of business. Northwestern's up and down this year once again, but, you know, they might be on the up and up. Kent State travels to Maryland. Um, Coach Sean Lewis, who I helped with um, when he was at Eastern Illinois with Coach Babers, travels to Maryland, um, plays with Maryland pretty competitive, but Maryland being a bigger school over Kent State, Sean Lewis, Coach Sean Lewis is turning it around at Kent State with their offense and his recruiting and his coaching style. He understands how all that works. He will get it turned around. They will compete. Maryland comes in with um, Tua's brother throwing 384 yards to win 37-16. to 16. Uh, Maryland, like I said, they're, they're, they're either really, really good or they're really, really not good or they don't compete, they don't move the ball, and it was a closer game. Kent State with the 16 points. Some said they may not even score that much, but they win 37-16. Indiana travels to Western Kentucky. This this they, These uh, non-Power 5 schools might get you. Um, it took everything in Penix Jr. He had 373 passing yards to squeak out a win 33-31 where they easily could lose it. Indiana is not playing like they did last year. You know, losing a defensive coordinator, losing a couple of your strength and conditioning guys, starting to show. Coach Allen is getting ready to play. Indiana is not quite what they were last year, um, but if they can squeak out some wins, but this win is good for them. But also scares me that you allowed a Western Kentucky to hang around and you only beat them by two points when you probably should have won by, I would say eight to seventeen somewhere in there to win the game. Or I'll I'll, I'll be nicer seven to seventeen in there somewhere. Notre Dame and Wisconsin travel to Soldier Field to play in a big game. And I was wrong. I had Wisconsin over Notre Dame. But we won't talk about it. Notre Dame comes away with a big win, 41-13. to It was a closer game than what this showed. Wisconsin decided that they don't have a quarterback. They decided to turn the ball over. Um, Notre Dame's defense did step up to hell Wisconsin to 13 points. Notre Dame's defense does look like they're starting to figure it out. Notre Dame's offense is not quite as explosive as it was with Ian Book, but they're, you know, being methodical. They're, they're taking their time. They're, they're trying to take what they can get. Wisconsin is struggling. You have not, I've not seen a Wisconsin team struggle like this in a while. In a while. And if they continue to struggle, maybe my Illinois have a chance. But that was a big game, you know, number 12 in the nation versus number 18 at Soldier Field. And Soldier Field was completely sold out. Uh, I was actually in the city. We actually went to a Cubs game, and the city was quiet and got videos of the game. Everybody was – it was just sold out. 
Um, got to be able to they had it on the TV, got to check it out, and they won um, big 41 to 13. Wisconsin is um, on a downward spiral. Who would have thought that we'd come into here and say Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State are better than Wisconsin? Who knew that we'd be coming and saying that? So they struggled. And Notre Dame gets the big win. I apologize to Notre Dame and Notre Dame fans. I didn't think you were going to be able to push around uh, Wisconsin or anything like that. And you did. So you came in and won big. Congratulations to you. Fastest week four Big Ten recap ever. Now we're going to move on to week five. And we're going to give my picks for the Big Ten week five. Big Ten Week 5. Iowa will travel to Maryland. Big game. Tonight, October 1st. Iowa is number 5 in the nation going to Maryland. I am taking Iowa in this game. I think it will be closer than everybody thinks. This one will be a close game, but Iowa is going to pull it out. Maryland's going to – it just depends on what kind of Maryland team shows up. Number 14, the low-radar Michigan Wolverines travel to the struggling Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin's in a downward spiral. Michigan has confidence. I have Michigan beating Wisconsin. Minnesota travels to Purdue. Minnesota just coming off the big loss to the Bowling Green Minnesota is going to lose to Purdue. Purdue is going to play tough. Minnesota may be in a huge downward spiral, not knowing who they are. Purdue is going to pull an upset over, if you want to call an upset over, the Minnesota Beavers, and they will not row the boat. Purdue will take out the big drum and drum them all the way back to Minnesota. Number 11, Ohio State travels to Rutgers. Rutgers is playing better than everybody thought. But Ohio State is Ohio State, even though their fans are the softest fans that we've ever seen. I think they all work for Charmin, and they must watch LeBron James play in the NBA. But Ohio State, who is number 11 in the nation that I love to see not being in the top 10. Rutgers is going to play them very tough. They are going to pop Ohio State in the face. But I think Ohio State, just having the uh, more athletes, is going to win over Rutgers. Indiana travels to Penn State. Penn State is now number four in the nation. This is going to be a primetime game at 6.30 on ABC. It is at Penn State, and we all know how tough it is to play at Penn State. Last year in the COVID year, Indiana is a diving, controversial play over Penn State with Penix diving to the end zone. Maybe a touchdown, maybe not. Was he out of bounds? It's just a, it was a review. It was ruled a touchdown. Indiana had the upset over Penn State. Indiana is not the same team. I have the Penn State having that revenge factor on, like, we're going to get you back. I have Penn State winning over Indiana. Western Kentucky almost beats Indiana last week, losing that one 33-31, travels to number 17, Michigan State. But they're not going to play that close to Michigan State. Michigan State saw that. They're playing pretty well. Michigan State Spartans, who are back this year, they are back to kind of being relevant in the Big Ten, set at number 17 in the nation, will win by at least two scores over Western Kentucky. Northwestern travels to Nebraska, where Scott Frost is on the really, 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 really hot seat. Northwestern not being the same team that we've seen before. Nebraska deciding to play well and not play well at the same time. This game is going to be a close game. I have Northwestern squeaking it out if the defense can show up. 
over Nebraska and Scott Frost's time at Nebraska may be done either after this game or when we get to the end of the year. But I have Northwestern beating Nebraska. There's your quickest Big Ten recap and your biggest Big Ten picks. Going over my picks last week. Having Iowa beat Colorado. So if you guys are betting, last week I had the Iowa Hawkeyes beating Colorado State. Getting that one right. I had Penn State over Villanova. I did pick Michigan over Rutgers. I did pick Ohio State over Akron. I did pick Michigan State over Nebraska. I did not have Minnesota losing to Bowling Green. I did pick Northwestern over Ohio. I did pick Maryland over Kent State. did pick Indiana over Western Kentucky. I did, however, pick Wisconsin. Pick Wisconsin to go beat the Irish. And I did not get that one right at all. And then I did pick Illinois to beat Purdue, and that's neither here nor there. You guys go check out that podcast. So, sitting here right now, I I was... Three losses and eight right. So, eight and three is a good record. So, we will update those as well for your Big Ten picks. If you guys want to go bet some money, I was eight and three. So, if you guys want to go make these bets, we're not going by points unless we do my, uh, Picks for the week. Not doing that. Then coming up in college football, we have some huge games coming in here real quick. And this will be another quick segment. Another quick segment. The big game of the week is Alabama versus Ole Miss. You are having... Old Miss travel to Alabama. They get that 2.30 time slot where a lot of people can watch on CBS. You have Lane Kiffin, who coached with Nick Saban for three or four years. They won a couple titles together. Lane Kiffin is a big reason why Nick Saban and Alabama change what they do on offense. They are now a no-huddle. Sometimes they can be up-tempo, not up-tempo. They are throwing the ball more because of Lane Kiffin coming in and changing what they do. Old Miss comes in at number 12 in the nation, and Alabama is still sitting at number one. Before I get going on this, Mike Wilbon, who does um, part of my take on ESPN, came out and said Lane Kiffin is a clown. Talking about his past experiences as a coach. 
Mike Wilbon is a legend on ESPN. He's a legend in Chicagoland area because he covered the Bulls, and, and that's home to him and everything else. I, I can go out on a limb on certain things because I don't have the huge platform he does. But I think some of these guys really look to say things to get them relevant because that's kind of where we're at. And I mean, we're all kind of doing the same thing as podcasters. We want to say something to get the attention or do a show and have conversations to get people's attention. But when people have a huge platform like that on ESPN and say Lane Kiffin's a clown, why is he a clown? Because he likes to have fun. His tweets are hilarious. The conversation gets to are hilarious. Some of his answers are hilarious. Or are you talking about because he was a very young coach in this game? He was a young, very young NFL head coach. He was a very young college head coach. Does things a little different. I don't think he's a clown now. He is who he is. He's acting the way he wants to act. He's not doing anything crazy. He learned a lot from Nick Saban at Alabama and has changed how he coaches, I think, maybe because of being there, seeing how it's done at Alabama. Now he's taking what he's learned from Nick Saban and going there. So when you have Mike Wilbon calling him a clown, maybe there were some things he did in the past. You can consider that. But yeah, this is rat poison, number one. And then number two, Mike Wilbon, what has he done to hurt you? Like, why are you going so far to say that he's a clown? Like, this, to me, makes no sense. Especially with a person that you're not coaching, you're not recruiting. I don't know if you've ever played football. So why are you trying to tell them that he's a clown? What's he doing? He's actually doing a very good job at Ole Miss. They're competing very well. They have a high-flying offense. The defense is playing better. He won at FAU, which nobody really does that for a while, but he turned that around. He helped Alabama win some championships and get people there. Like, what part of a clown is he doing? Like, where has he hurt you? Why are you talking about this? Like, did he really hurt you that bad? Has he done something to you? Yeah, maybe there's antics he has done in the past, but guess what? That's who he is, but he's not hurting anybody. He's not pulling any of these, like, scandals. He took over USC after scandals trying to coach there. Yeah, maybe he coached at Tennessee and left, but you know what? Maybe that wasn't the right fit. We don't know what goes on there. Let him do his thing. He almost did beat Alabama in the COVID year. Like, why are you calling him a clown? Stop trying to figure – like, try stop doing all that. Mike Wilbon, stick to your job. Just talk about it. Talk about the game that everybody wants to hear. Don't say he's a clown. You're saying that so people can continue to listen because other shows are catching up to ESPN that are on YouTube, that are podcasts, and I think they're worried. But this is going to be a huge game. Is this going to be the year that an assistant coach that used to work for Nick Saban finally, finally wins? People think Alabama is not very good or not as good as they were because they had to replace a lot on their offense, place a lot on their defense. I think Alabama will win, but it's going to be very close. Lane Kiffin's going to coach his butt off. He's going to use that clown thing as fire. Possibly he may not care too much. And no offense to Lane Kiffin. This might be the only game they lose, but it is Nick Saban. It is Alabama. They're okay with Old Miss moving the ball around. They're just going to try to keep everything in front of them. Nick Saban understands that they're going to give up some yards, but as long as they don't give up all the points or their offense is able to come down and score, which I think they will, their offense is going to move. Is this going to be like last year? It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be whoever gets the ball in the second half. You may not want to start off with the ball. You may want to get the ball in the second half. It's going to be about who can maybe – who's going to flinch. The, the old phrase is who's going to flinch and who's going to blink. When they played before, Old Miss blinked. They flinched, and Alabama took control. 
Alabama's defense isn't as big, but Ole Miss wants to be a, a no huddle, fly around. So Alabama's defense may be set fit for this to be not as big, to be fast, to fly around, make some plays. So I'm going to have Alabama winning, but it's going to be a very close game. It may come down to whoever has the ball last, whoever has last time, whoever flinches, whoever blinks first. But it's going to be probably the – there's two really good games. It's probably going to be one of the best games that there is out there for people to watch, and I will be tuned into it. It's going to be an exciting game, high-flying, high-scoring. You're going to see a lot of good hits. You're going to see a lot of um, good offensive schemes, especially from Lane Kiffin, but Alabama's going to have some things up their sleeve. Um, but I wanted to go on that rant about Mike Wilbon and what he said about Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is one of the best offensive minds out there in the entire world. NFL, college, doesn't matter. Doing very well at Old Miss. It's going to have it turned around. So he, ESPN needs to stop searching for things like that and going like, oh my God, he's a clown. Maybe years ago, but I don't even go that far. I'm not going to call him a clown. He's not had a scandal. He's not done this. He's not done this. Let him do his thing. You do your job. He'll do his. Quit. It's rat poison. Unless you are a secret. Maybe Mike Wilbon is secretly a Lane Kiffin fan and we have solved it. This is what's going on. Boom, we solved it. That is fantastic that we have solved this. He's just a Lane Kiffin fan. It's good. All good. All good. The next big game I want to talk about is Arkansas versus Georgia. Arkansas, I am on board with. They are a team that nobody saw coming. People think Georgia should be number one in the nation. They do have, like, if not the best defense in the entire country. Their offense scored 60-some points the following week. But Arkansas, with Coach Pittman, who was born to coach at Arkansas, he was born to coach offensive line, is playing very well. They run offense like they do with Lane Kiffin. They have figured it out. Their defense is hitting hard. This is going to be probably one of the hardest-hitting games we have had all year outside of the Georgia-Clemson game. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. Arkansas is coming at number eight in the nation, and Georgia is coming in at number two, I believe. So you're going to have this huge game, huge weekend for college football. Number eight in the nation versus number two at the 11 a.m. slot on ESPN. Get up early. Not even early. Get up to watch this game. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. It is going to come down between seven to ten-point game. It's going to be, I think, almost a defensive battle. Now it's going to come down to which offense, which defense is going to blink first or which offense is going to figure it out. If I had to go with it, it's not going to be one of my lock, feel good, or upset, or my sneaky picks because this game could go either way. Part of me is going to root for Arkansas and Coach Pittman. Us all-line coaches have to stick together. Um, so I don't know. I'm not going to stay out of this one. This one's a hard one to pick. Um, but in order for Arkansas to get the upset over Georgia, Arkansas is going to have to almost play perfect football. They're going to have to come up with a good defensive scheme, but their offense is going to have to combat Georgia's defense. I think the offenses are just – they're going to we're going to see some punts going on. If Arkansas can get Georgia's defense tired, if Arkansas can keep them on their toes and and then scheme and take what they're getting and take the short stuff because Georgia's going to be flying, they're going to tackle. Arkansas is going to have to run the ball, take the three yards in a cloud of dust. They're going to have to really read. They're going to have to do a couple RPO stuff. They're going to have to keep them on their toes, out-scheme them. And I think Georgia's going to be conditioned enough, but they're going to have to do up-tempo. But Arkansas is going to have to realize if you're going up tempo, not getting the the plays, then you're going to have to adjust to what you do. And in order for Georgia to win, Georgia just has to be Georgia. They can't make mistakes on defense. They can't fall asleep on some of these plays. They have to get lined up. They're going to have to have base schemes. 
of okay because they're going up tempo you're going to have a couple check calls if that not even because they're going to go up tempo and Georgia's offense is going to have to come play they can't run the ball two yards two yards two yards try to throw try to do the Bears offense they can't do it they're going to have to have explosive plays on there to beat Arkansas um, but Alabama versus Old Miss and Arkansas versus Georgia like what else can we ask for in college football this is going to be a fantastic game to watch all over the Big Ten all over college football it is going to be great all right to end the show we are going to have the week five picks you got to go make that money go to mybookie.ag and use that code you're going to double it and use these bets you will make money my lock pick Old Miss plus 14 and a half I'm not saying Old Miss is going to win Alabama is going to win but they have Alabama at minus 14 and a half. You've got to take Old Miss plus 14 and a half. I think this is going to come down to a seven-point game, if not maybe a 10-point game. So you got to take Old Miss plus 14 and a half. The field goal pick. Right now, Arkansas is, is plus 18. I think this is going to be a way closer game than 18 points. So if you're, I'm not saying Arkansas is going to win, not going anywhere like that. I'm staying away from it because I'm a fan of both. But you got to take Arkansas plus 18. My upset. I am taking Mississippi State over Texas A&M. Texas A&M is not what they were. Jimbo Fisher, when teams don't start doing this, he starts to go down. That's when he was out at Florida State. Not a big Jimbo Fisher guy. I think Mike Leach is going to be able to come in there and upset. It might be a three-point win, but I'm going to take Mississippi State over Texas A&M. And then my sneaky one, Northwestern playing Nebraska. Northwestern is plus 11.5. I think it's going to be closer than 11.5. Yeah, I take Northwestern plus 11.5. There's the picks. I will next time give you the overall of my picks throughout the year. Go make that money. Go make that money. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been great. It's been a fast episode. We'll get better. We got a lot in here. Go make the bets on the Big Ten if you want. I don't really do that, but if you want to have, take those picks, I was 8-3 and three last week. We're going to see what happens this week. Go make the my lock, feel-good, upset, and sneaky picks. Um, again, like, subscribe, share out, leave a review, leave a comment, all that stuff. Go check out all the um, affiliates in the description below. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys next time for another installment of the Coach Steve Show podcast. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.